This is Women's Leadership Success Radio Podcast, episode number 104. On today's show, we will share with you the hidden secrets that really help women to be truly great leaders. The amazing thing is these secrets are gifts that you already have and can learn to utilize even more. It will increase your impact and influence with individuals and team, and it will also help you deepen relationships including the ones that can help you be more successful in your career. As you use these natural gifts, you will improve your company's culture, increase engagement, increase retention, reduce turnover, reduce sick days of your employees, and it will help you build a more positive community. Join me today as I interview John Baldoni, one of the top 30 leadership gurus in the world, as we discuss this powerful leadership secret that women, more than most men, have a natural talent for. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is Sabrina Brom with womensleadershipsuccess.com, and today we're talking to John Baldoni. John is an internationally recognized leadership educator, executive coach, and speaks throughout North America and Europe. He's the author of 14 books, including the one we'll be talking to him about today, Grace, A Leader's Guide to a Better Us. He's also the author of Moxie, The Secret to Bold and Gutsy Leadership, Lead with Purpose, Lead Your Boss, and The Leader's Pocket Guide. John's books have been translated into 10 languages. In 2018, Inc.com named John one of the 100 top speakers and Trust Across America honored John with a Lifetime Achievement Award for Trust. Welcome, John. Well, thank you for that warm welcome, Sabrina. Um, I appreciate it, and I'm honored to be on your show and looking forward to our conversation. Great. So this is a little different kind of book than you've written in the past. Can you um, tell us what grace is and how come you think it's important for us to know about that? Well, grace is the catalyst for the greater good. And while uh, we know of grace from faith-based traditions, be it Christian, uh, Judaic, Islam, uh, Hindu, um, the concept of grace is really wired to our DNA. And there's something called the altruism gene. And so in some ways, certainly um, within uh, families, people are predisposed or hardwired, if you will, to care for one another. And I think part of that, that, which facilitates that caring, is the notion of grace. And grace is a gift. It's given to us without strings attached. And it's, we do with it what we will. From a leadership standpoint, grace is a leavening. It helps us look at the world without prejudice, without preconditions. Um, acceptance, yes, but a commitment to doing something for the greater good. And what prompted me to write it, Sabrina, is the concept that we're living in a very 
anti-social era, if you will. Um, we are stoked by resentment and a grievance. And those um, forces are very negative and they weigh upon people and they don't lead to good behavior. But at the same time, grace is a, this gift, if we have it. And I firmly believe there's more good in the world than there is bad. And so grace is my concept, my striking out to say, let's look at the positive side and how we can be better. And so that's the concept between, between I have so many stories in the book about people who are acting with grace and living and making things better for others. Oh, would you share one of those stories with us? Well, one I come up with is for Dr. Mona, um, Dr. Mona Hannah Atisha, who is a pediatrician in Michigan. And she was running a uh, working in the city of uh, Flint, Michigan, when she noticed that her patients were manifesting uh, higher level levels of lead in their blood and blood uh, lead. Lead is toxic to all of us, but it's particularly dangerous for children. And so while she could have reported it as she did, when she sensed there wasn't anything happening, she took it upon herself to get involved and she championed this issue, raised, you know, uh, raised concern about it. And she was doing it from an, a sense of advocacy for her patients. You know, she went to medical school to be a physician, but in this health crisis, she became an advocate. So she, and in my parlance, she was acting with grace. So, so that's a, a beautiful story. And I think we all have, we, we can all think of people that we know like that. And do you think it's contagious? So if we start showing more grace or kindness to other people, do you think that expands it? I think it is. And, and I think you raise a very important point, Sabrina, because the media in which we sur surround ourselves, and I'm not for referring to just cable or broadcast or whatever, but our social media, which is too often anti-social media, we popularize the aggression, the negative, the put down. But when, and so it proliferates itself. Um, and so, you know, bad begets bad, but just as uh, positively good begets good. And if people haven't been schooled enough in the goodness, and I don't mean that the poor education, but if they're not getting a reinforcement from being good, they may not be predisposed to it. And I think all of us have the capacity, certainly, to act with grace. And that's why I wrote the book. But I think you're very right. When you see people treating other people good in a, uh, in a positive and healthy way, it does breed um, you know, positive behaviors. And let me give you an example of that. One of the people I profile in the book is uh, Father... Uh, Greg Boyle, who's a Jesuit priest in Los Angeles, East Los Angeles, and he's um, founded and run for 30 years the um, Homeboy Industries, which is the largest gang intervention program, frankly, in the world. And Father Boyle, or Father G, or just G, as he has known in the community, is... Um, uh, is, looking, is dealing with people who've certainly been dealt a bad hand in life and and as a result, um, acted on those bad behaviors. But when they are given an opportunity to find employment and to work and to meet other like-minded people who want to change or have changed, uh, 
They transform their lives. So your question about is grace, and I believe grace is very much active within the life of Father uh, Boyle, as well as his community of homeboy industries. And so for that reason, yes, grace is contagious. So it's a, a very good concept. And it, so it's contagious. Do you think you think we can teach people, you know, my, my audience are women that are leaders in companies. Can we teach other people to be more gracious, to be kinder? I think absolutely. And I think women, uh, if I may say this, are far more disposed of it, to it than men. And, and I think it's got to do with testosterone. Um, you know, we men are seeking to prove ourselves. We're just wired that way. Um, but women, um, certainly in management, um, are striving for consensus very often. And that takes a degree of grace. And so, yes, I think, uh, do I think men and women can do it equally well? Yes, I do. But I think women might have a little bit more predisposition toward acting with grace. And let me, if you talk about it from a business standpoint or leadership standpoint, I'll, I'll draw this out. I've done a lot, done a lot of work and reading and coach, excuse me, writing and coaching in the concept of purpose. And purpose is our why, the why of what we do. And purpose leads to our mission, our vision, which is our sense of becoming, and our mission, which is our doing and our building. On top of that, we have our values. And values do emerge from purpose, but the practice of values comes from, I believe, grace. So what do I mean by mission, vision, and values? It's you know, your sense of becoming. Values is your sense of belonging. And so you can achieve your vision and mission in spite of people. Absolutely. We do it all. We see it all the time. But how much better is it to do it with people? And that's where grace comes involved because grace facilitates the connection, the caring, the compassion that we have for fellow individuals. That's where um, grace enters the picture. That, that's really neat. And it, it made me remember a time I was doing coaching and consulting at Stanford University. I was doing 360s. And it took me almost two months to get a meeting with the head of a department. And I got stuck in traffic on the freeway and ended up being an hour late. And the woman was still willing to see me. I walked into the building. I was shaking all over. And I looked up at the top of the stairs where her office was. And she was standing there with a cup of tea, smiling at me. Ah, what, a, what a wonderful story. I would say that's grace. And I'm glad you mentioned that because while we can think of grace as transformative and in big, bold letters, it's also simple, simple acts of intended uh, kindness. And you, I love the analogy you did about a cup of tea because one of my leadership heroes and someone I have written about before is Ernest Shackleton, who was the great British explorer who wanted to traverse Antarctica. Why? I don't know, but that was the British Empire at its time. Anyway, his, uh, the ship, the Endeavor, was caught in the ice as it had been predicted or built for that. But what was unpredicted was that the boat would, or the ship would be locked in ice and begin to break up and be no longer navigable. So they had to evacuate. And as they did, um, they kept getting farther and farther away from the ship, but they would send men back to get supplies and 
invariably, as accounts talk about, Shackleton would ski out to meet the men coming back and offer them a cup of tea. And so was Shackleton acting with grace? Without question, he was. So Yes. So it, it isn't just the big things, like you said. It's, it's just small, small acts of, of graciousness. Um, do you think there's a connection between um, genius and grace? I s- that is a good question. And it depends, I would say yes and no. So how's that for being answering both sides of the question without taking an opinion? Let me shift it a little bit. Um, I do, as you know, in Grace, I do a little profile of Emma, Alma Deutscher, who's a child prodigy. And she's been featured on 60 Minutes as well as many international programs. And she is a composer uh, in the classical vein. And she's also an accomplished musician. Um, and what's not pretty much known about her is how for a young girl, I think she's maybe 15, she is very gifted, of course, but she works very hard. She practices hard and um, she seems to have a good family life with she and her sister and her mom and dad. And so she's got a healthy uh, opportunity. Does, is Alma a woman, young woman of grace? Certainly. Is, is her genius come from her grace? I don't know about that. But if we shift, there's a concept of grace, which is beauty. And beauty is definitely, um, it can be in nature, it can be created. All of these things add up. So yes, there's a touch of it, but I don't want to share a shy away from the concept of grace being linked. I do want to shy away from link uh, between grace and genius because it'll put people off. It's kind of like saying that... Um, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. Well, I'm not going to climb it. So I'm not even going to try to climb a hill in my neighborhood. <laughs> so because if, if goals are so out of reach, we simply put them out of our mind. So it doesn't take genius to be uh, act with grace, but I think some genius is affected with, by grace. Did you know you can change your leadership trajectory? Just by understanding your talents and what areas you need to improve? Would you like an easy way to find out where you are in your leadership and career development? Here's how you can. I've designed a simple four-minute career and leadership quiz that will help you. And as one of my listeners, you can get it for free. Just by going to careerdevelopmentquiz.com. Once you complete the confidential quiz, you'll get your score and suggestions immediately. Plus, you may even qualify for a free coaching session with me. So just go to careerdevelopmentquiz.com and fill out the quick quiz. Okay, and what about generosity? Is How would you relate that to grace? Well, generosity is one of the attributes. And generosity is that capacity to share and to look at others. And from a leadership standpoint, it's a wonderful, um, uh, and you, you were at Stanford, so you may have come across uh, the work of Admiral Stockwell. Um, he was um, one of the longest serving prison, uh, POWs in, the, in uh, North Vietnam, held in the Hanoi Hilton with John McCain. And he, when he came out, he studied Stoic philosophy, but he also, obviously, being a military man, was, in, was uh, vested in the concept of leadership. And he talked about leaders become stronger 
when they share power. And part of that sharing power um, it comes from a spirit of generosity. And I want to share it so the group becomes stronger. By inference, the leader does too, because he or she is leading a group of strong people who have the authority and conviction to lead in their respective areas. But together, the collective, the collection, all the people together makes the unit, the organization stronger. So that's where generosity comes in, but it's also an open-heartedness um, toward others. So in the, in the book, you talk about uh, Grace giving you a way to view your problems. Can you, can you share a little more about that? Well, I think it's a, the sense of uh, a predisposition. Bad things happen to us, okay? It's how we react to them that gives us the sense of resilience, okay? There's no sense and there's no shame in being knocked down. It's what you do next. And so often, um, it's uh, those store, you know, how you deal with adversity is the strength of a leader. But I'll, I'll share a little side note that I had. And one of the people I profile in the book is Fred Rogers. And whenever... <laughs> Try this. Mention the name Fred Rogers and you, invariably the person to whom you're speaking, they will smile because we all have positive um, uh, um, uh, memories of Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. But he talks about um, a story that he had that it was a young man that he had encountered and stayed in contact with. And Fred was kind of this ad hoc counselor to people um, just because they were drawn to him and vice versa. And he said that um, he, this young man was had a, I don't know, it was muscular dystrophy or whatever. And he was, uh, and Fred, it turned out he was talking to someone else. And he, Fred had said, I asked the man to pray for me. And the person who was listening to him said, well, you did that because you wanted to make him feel good. And he goes, oh, no. He said, I wanted him to intercede for me because I look at a young man who is dealing with his crisis and he is close to God. So that's this precept of don't uh, of not looking at yourself as a victim, but looking at yourself as um, what you can do differently. And it's easy to say, but you know, all of us suffer adversity, and how we deal with it um, is a measure of our personhood. Yeah, and also that it's. You know, life is full of opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. And in every one of those problems, there is, there is something that we can learn that could be really helpful and useful to us. Or many times I think of it as a gift. Yes. Adversity can certainly be a gift because we get knocked down and we learn from it, if we learn from it, and we can uh, attack it uh, differently the next time. Right. And if we don't, then that's the failure. If we right. learn from it, then, then it isn't really a failure. Well, but it, it, yes, it is a failure, but sometimes we need to have uh, more than one failure <laughs> so we can get even better the next time. So and that, that's important to think about in this, as it relates to grace. Inherent in grace is the concept of mercy and forgiveness. And while we think of mercy and forgiveness as outward, and they are because I'm showing mercy on someone who has transgressed me, and I will show them forgiveness if they repent or even if they don't. But we also need to show some mercy and forgiveness to ourselves. Um, sometimes we can be a little hard on ourselves. And I see this, and you are an executive coach, and I see this too, that 
some people, especially high achievers, are very hard on themselves, which is not a negative by itself, but they don't give themselves enough credit to be, um, um, to, um, they're beating themselves up all the time and they're not, and not and experiencing joy or happiness. They're so wrapped up in achieving the next milestone, they don't take the uh, step to uh, enjoy life as it is. Exactly. You, you talk about respect as a social currency. Can you, what does it mean to be respectful? If respect is... People, what is that? Respect is the sense of looking at someone without prejudice, which is what we all should do. But how often do we get dissuaded from that? Particularly in a business environment, you know, um, people come with reputations, uh, especially in large organizations. A spirit of respect is I'm going to look at this individual and I'm going to give him or her the benefit of the doubt. I am going to treat them with dignity. I am going to look at them as a potential contributor until they prove otherwise. But respect is also looking at contributions and the dignity of work. I mean, of, of whatever it is you do, there is dignity in that. And in, in our world, we can be kind of harsh. And, and um, so that the sense of respect for others as human beings, as workers, as contributors is important. So in that sense, it becomes a social currency, if you will. Yeah, I, I remember reading that Abraham Lincoln was really good at doing that, that he would go down to um, the train station where he'd get his shoes polished. And it didn't matter if it was the person polishing his shoes, the janitor or a congressman, he was respectful of every person and, and saw their, their value and their worth. And he made everybody feel good just, uh, just by acknowledging them. So many great leaders that I've worked with are exactly the same way. And here's a little tip for anyone looking to hire. Um, see how they treat, take them out to dinner and see how they treat the wait staff. If they're short, abrupt, and act entitled, that's probably not a person you want on your team. Or if you're a senior executive and you have an administrative assistant, ask them their opinion of this uh, candidate because how that person relates to someone in a, uh, a less superior role, I say subordinate role with quotes around it, will give you an indication of how they treat others. You know, somebody who wants a job is going to kiss up and they'll do it to the boss, but how do they treat those around the boss or those who report to the boss? Beautiful. So we're just about um, finished with our interview and I wanted to ask you, what are some actions that the people listening can take to bring more grace into their lives and their leadership? Well, there's always three things I say. It's be seen, be heard, be there. Be seen as let people um, see who you are and, and how you are as a person. Be heard is what is your message? What is your message? And um, are you sticking to it? Uh, and third, be there. And this is where grace comes in. Being there is in the metaphorical sense, doing whatever it takes to help the team succeed. So if they're working on Saturday, you go in on Saturday. Um, you engage people in conversation. You treat them with respect. You uh, deal with a, gener a spirit of generosity. Um, you treat people with compassion. You energize the organization. And 
these are the ways that you connect with people in small ways. And also, I think there's a book of this, uh, of this title, but I'll steal it for a moment. Don't sweat the small stuff. There's lots of ways we can feel insulted or slighted or whatever it is. Get past it. Just ignore it. Focus on the big picture, where you want to go. Act with kindness and grace, and, and life will be better for you and for those with whom you interact. Uh, just such a wonderful message. And um, I feel inspired to uh, act with grace uh, the rest of today and the days moving forward. So thank you so much for this interview, John. My pleasure. Thank you, Sabrina, for giving me the time to have a great conversation with you. You're welcome. Would you like to work smarter instead of harder? Are you afraid to speak up? Do you feel like you're capable of more than you're actually doing now? Well, over the last 30 years, I've realized that women need certain skills in business to level the playing field. Outstanding women leaders advance their leadership skills and careers by having great confidence, excellent communication skills, and the ability to develop trusted relationships and influence. That's why these are some of the top topics I speak about at conferences and with organizations I consult with. I have received great feedback from women whose businesses and leadership skills have accelerated using my unique methods. It is also why I've created a special online live workshop with me to make it easier and less expensive for women to develop these important skills. This powerful, fun-filled, interactive seven-week course, Elevate Your Leadership Capacity, will teach you key leadership skills using cutting-edge techniques. The next new live interactive program for a selected group of women will start May 13th. If you are committed to developing yourself, improving your confidence and leadership skills, and quickly increasing your impact and influence, and want to be considered part of the next small group, please contact me at sabrina at sabrinabrom.com or go to www.womensleadershipsuccess.com and submit your email in the information box in the top upper right-hand side of the page. Don't miss out. This may be one of the last times I actually participate live in this powerful leadership program. Developed especially for women like you. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.